Today on Not Sam Wrestling, WrestleMania is starting to look a lot clearer as we come off the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. We kind of unpack everything that we've been unpacking for the last week or so, and one of independent wrestling's most buzzworthy superstars, Billy Starks, is on the show. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome everybody to Not Sam Wrestling. And man, it is WrestleMania season, isn't it? Coming to you, I hope by now that, well, I hope that you listened last week, although a week ago feels like an eternity ago at this point in wrestling time. But I hope that you did uh, listen to last week's podcast, The Dissertation on New Kayfabe. I hope that you listen to the bonus podcast. Whether you're on Patreon or not, everybody got the bonus emergency Tuesday drop breaking down the Cody Rhodes, I mean, news and mainly speculation. Uh, and we'll touch on that a little bit uh, as we go on today. We're going to talk to Billy Starks on the podcast today. It's a great, great conversation. Uh, but before we get there, I guess the two big things, right? Because last week, here's what last week was. It was Monday, rumors of Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling at WrestleMania. Tuesday, Cody Rhodes is gone from AEW. Thursday or Friday, maybe, Undertaker's going in the Hall of Fame. And then Saturday was Elimination Chamber. And everything that that looks to be what the starting card for WrestleMania is. So we'll start with Elimination Chamber, I guess. We we broke down Cody. I'll talk a little, I mean, it's all gonna fit into this conversation. Elimination Chamber left us with a WrestleMania card that is confirmed to have Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh I can't imagine anybody was surprised by that. Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship, of course, already announced. And main event, WrestleMania, title versus title, Roman Reigns, Universal Champion versus new WWE Champion, Brock Lesnar. Here's the thing about the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. I thought, or premium live event, as it were. Number one, I still, I, I think it's absolutely fascinating. There's two, okay. There's a couple of podcasts that I want to do at some point. I I definitely have to figure out what to do with The Undertaker. Because with The Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame this year, at one point, I even started taking notes during the pandemic. I was thinking about doing an entirely new Undertaker podcast. Because, you know, I'd love to tell the story of The Undertaker, the character in WWE. But there's no way. I mean, it would take... Hours and hours and hours. I couldn't just graze through it. I mean, even the Bray Wyatt story took, you know, an hour plus, And that was just kind of hitting the highlights. To really do The Undertaker justice, you'd need weeks and weeks and weeks of shows. So, and I don't know. And, and, and the work that you would have to put into it is necessary. Maybe it's something that I start working on. And that's something that we do later this year. Because at some point, the same way we did... Survivor Series 92, the same way we did Rey Mysterio, the same way we do Bray, we did Bray Wyatt. I'd love to do a podcast about The Undertaker. At some point, I am, and maybe this will be closer to WrestleMania time. I'm absolutely, I think the time has come 
where we can start to tell the story of Roman Reigns, starting with SummerSlam 2020. That was 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah, because there hasn't been a SummerSlam 2022. So starting with SummerSlam 2020 and his return to the WWE and the build of this character and the story that it's told, because we are still telling one fairly succinct, consistent story for the last year and a half, which has been uh, utterly amazing. And it one of the highlights, you know, I think that last year's WrestleMania, it it put the Roman Reigns character on a different level because, of course, he had already beaten everybody and he had dominated people and he had choked out people and he made Braun Strowman go to sleep and he beat everybody. But having Edge, Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns in that triple threat main event for WrestleMania, firstly, people already were like, okay, you know, Edge versus Roman Reigns is a competitive match. I don't even think that that's competitive right now. Love Edge, but this Roman Reigns character, the idea that Edge might beat him, I think it's impossible. I think that the reason that it is impossible, though, is because he walked into that triple threat, and the idea was that while it's unlikely, there is this version where Daniel Bryan makes Edge tap out. Edge pins Daniel Bryan. Like, there's some way that Roman Reigns doesn't leave with the title, right? Or, you know because of the uh, two-on-one situation, whatever. When you're working in triple threat rules, it's generally designed to make it so you can save somebody. You can get a result without having to do what it takes to get that result. When he stacked Edge and Daniel Bryan up, it was the single most dominant win in a triple threat match in the history of WWE. Certainly in WrestleMania history. I It was more dominant than John Cena stacking guys on his back for the AA. I mean, it was like just a sheer showing of, look, nobody's better than me. And you go, how do you beat that? And and you, the only way to beat that is to get back to WrestleMania. Because the other point in that is not only did he do that, but he did that at the main event of night two of WrestleMania. I would hope beyond hope that Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar will be the main event of night two of WrestleMania. And the only way to make Roman's performance at this year's WrestleMania even bigger than last year's WrestleMania has to be getting a clean win over Brock Lesnar. It doesn't even have to be fully clean, but clean, a decisive win, we'll say. Getting a decisive win over Brock Lesnar and holding up both titles. That, to me, is even bigger than stacking up two people. And and that's how the year is bookended. You know, you have stacking up Edge and Bryan at the beginning. The middle is beating John Cena. And the end is beating Brock Lesnar decisively, which Roman has never beaten him decisively. Roman's beaten him before. Roman's got victories over him, but Roman Reigns has never actually decisively beat Brock Lesnar. He's never beaten Brock Lesnar without controversy. WrestleMania would be the time to do that and would be the time for Roman Reigns to hold both titles up. So I understand the logic behind making this. And it's also like, okay, they've main evented WrestleMania twice before. They've had a cage match. They've wrestled, you know, within the last year. 
They they wrestled, you know, the last time the WWE was in Saudi Arabia and Roman Reigns won. So it's like, and by the way, this match was supposed to happen as the third match. They were supposed to wrestle again at day one. So it's like, how do you make this a WrestleMania main event? How do you make this one special? Number one, the storytelling with Roman and Brock, but number two, making it title versus title, winner take all. Um, So I totally understand the logic in making this title versus title because you're putting everything. You're literally putting everything into Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and basically everything into Roman Reigns. I do think Roman's going to win at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar will be able to disappear for a few months and come back and still be strong. And, you know, if he comes back, he could be a heel. He could do a million things. You know, the beauty is that even if you lose decisively, you disappear from TV for three months and it doesn't matter. You can come back and start beating people again. You're Brock Lesnar. You scaled the elimination chamber, for God's sake. I think, so, yeah. I mean, even though if you listen to the Tuesday show I dropped, I specifically said, and I stand by it. I mean, my preference, I wanted to see... Bobby Lashley keep the title in the Elimination Chamber and have Cody Rhodes come in and challenge Bobby Lashley for the title at WrestleMania. That's still what I would have liked to have seen. However, I mean, technically, Cody still hasn't announced that he's going to WWE or shown up on WWE television. And there are rumors floating around that Bobby Lashley is actually injured and won't be at WrestleMania. And that's why there was a creative way to get him out of the chamber. Uh, Either way, I think that, like... The issue I had with the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view is that the matches, I mean, for the most part, were great. Of course, you're going to bring up the Usos and the Viking Raiders. I think that that was more of a story beat than a match. But the matches that were matches, I don't think there's anything to complain about with the matches. I think that it's a fascinating thing to look at the evolution of the pay-per-views that have come from Saudi, that they started as, like, kind of, you know, like really important live events, like really important house shows, you know, like televised house shows that have a tremendous budget, I guess is what it felt like. You know, they would happen during the middle of the week and most importantly, they would not be part of the monthly pay-per-views. So if WWE was doing 12 pay-per-views in a year and two Saudi shows, you'd have 14 shows because, and, and you'd have very little story progression. You'd have very little anything. The last two shows, like especially I was just talking about Roman and Brock at the last one, you have had story progression. It's been very clear. I would say starting specifically with the last show in Saudi that this was a serious show that did was an important step in the storytelling that's going on on weekly WWE television. Elimination Chamber on Saturday, that was the first time. I mean, it's literally one of the standard pay-per-views. When you go through that list of Elimination Chamber pay-per-views, this isn't a special live event from Saudi Arabia with an Elimination Chamber match. This is the 2022 Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. That's never been done before. It's pretty pretty major. You look at the, 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 the women that were wrestling on the show. First of all, I think there were 12 women wrestling on that show. It's more sh- sh- women than most American WWE shows have, but 12 women plus a female referee, 13 women working on screen, who knows how many behind the scenes. But you look at what they were wearing and it went from 
sort of very plain. I mean, you remember the first match that they ever did over there, there were, they had no personalities. Like they didn't do their characters. It was just almost an exhibition match to now, while yes, everybody's covered, Every, all of the alpha, you have Liv Morgan dresses Britney Spears, you have Rhea Ripley, everybody is 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 wearing gear that pushes their character forward. So it, it's all like, it's all becoming, it's not a separate thing anymore. I think it's really interesting to watch. But with all that said, that's why it matters even more that I felt like all the matches were good, right? Like, Roman Reigns versus Goldberg was exactly what Roman Reigns versus Goldberg should have been. I know some people wanted Goldberg, Goldberg to just get smeared across the mat for it to last five minutes and Goldberg doesn't get a lick of offense in. You know, and, and while I think that would have been fun in the moment, I don't think that we're done seeing Goldberg on TV. But if we see Goldberg like this, like the Goldberg that we've seen in the last year or so has been great. The Goldberg in what he was doing with Bobby Lashley was really good. The Goldberg here was really good. Goldberg should not beat Roman Reigns. He didn't beat Roman Reigns. I think the only time people have a problem with Goldberg is when he's like the champion or he's like beating The Fiend or Kevin Owens is getting wiped out of a storyline so that we can focus on Goldberg. Like that's not what people want with Goldberg. But when it's like we're going to get to see a match between Drew McIntyre and Goldberg and Drew McIntyre is going to beat him as we build this guy. Perfect. You know, we're going to watch a storyline between Bobby Lashley and Goldberg. We're going to see Roman Reigns. Be yes, I want to see Roman Reigns beat Goldberg and I got to see it. And I think that, that Goldberg having the right amount of offense kind of lends to the idea that, that he'll be used in the future. I think if, if Roman Reigns had just smeared him across the mat, then... I mean, number one, it would have called into question why you were having the match to begin with. And number two, it wouldn't have made him nearly as valuable if they want to bring him back. And who knows? They may bring him back again for WrestleMania. Why not? They got two stadium nights to fill. Lita, the same thing. Lita was amazing. It was exactly what I wanted. And ultimately, Becky Lynch beat her. Ultimately, Roman Reigns beat Goldberg. It was like this thing where it's like, it's so cool. We got such a rich, deep history in WWE. But when we bring these legends out, they're not as good as our current roster people. What more could you want, right? Perfect. Women's Chamber match was great. I thought uh, Brock Lesnar was awesome in the men's chamber. I thought Austin Theory, props to him. He, I, I love that he lasted the whole match. Brock Lesnar scaling that chamber like a bear climbing up a tree. And Austin Theory getting thrown off the top. I said on the Twitter spaces that I did with Ryan Papola, it really was like that feeling of imagine if you're stuck in the woods and a bear sees you and you make eye contact by mistake and the bear starts chasing you. So you climb up a tree going, I'm going to get rid of this bear. I'm not going to get eaten today. And you realize the bear is a better climber than you are. You're fucked. That's what the Austin Theory spot felt like to me. And then seeing him take the F5 off the chamber. Oh, my God. You know? I mean, Madcap Moss, if you don't have respect for Madcap Moss, if you're not looking at Madcap Moss after what he went through at the Chamber pay-per-view and the match with Drew McIntyre, first of all, those two took a match that nobody cared about and turned it into something that everybody's talking about. And second of all, if there's one thing that's clear, it's that beyond the like little short shorts and boat shoes or whatever that Madcap Moss is wrestling in, this guy's a superstar. He's not going to do it as madcap, obviously, but he's going to find himself. And when he does, I mean, 
I, the moment, here's when it happened. When Baron Corbin pulled him out of the ring after getting dropped on his head like that, and Baron Corbin kind of took over the match, and he could, it was easy, it's false count anywhere, it's already been established that Corbin is going to be interfering. And watching Madcap 10 seconds after Corbin got involved, running full speed into the mix of things to get right back into this match, I was like, bro, if this is not a guy you want in your company, like, this is the guy. When I watch AEW, I'm like, if I could have one draft pick to build around, right? And when I say one draft pick to build around, it's important to note that they're not already famous. You know, if, I, if they're not an established talent, they're a draft pick to build around. If I wanted an established talent in AEW, you know, I, Mox would probably be the guy. I don't know, Jericho, there's so many. But Jade Cargill, for sure, is the, today, is the superstar that I would bring in to build a promotion around. And WWE watching that man, Madcap Moss is my guy. He's been on this podcast years ago. He was on this podcast back in the NXT days and he was just Riddick Moss. He's a beast, man. Watch him. Watch Madcap Moss. I'm telling you. And remember that I talked about it here. So everything was good, right? I enjoyed the show. The Ronda Rousey tag, man. Everything was great. The problem was that nothing was surprising. The problem was that everything felt very obvious to me. You know, everything was like, it was kind of a given. Everybody thought that probably it would be title versus title, Brock versus Roman. Especially after Bobby Lashley got pulled out of the match and Michael Cole specifically said, concussion protocol, he won't be back in the match. Because even if it is storyline, they're not even in storyline going to mess with concussion protocol. If they're, if they're using concussion protocol in a storyline, they're not going to be like, oh, he went through concussion protocol because that's not a good look. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty obvious once that happened that Brock was going to win that match. And I left going like, okay, WrestleMania was what I kind of thought it would be. And, you know, I talked about different alternatives here. I talked about the idea that Goldberg could win. I talked about all kinds of stuff because all that stuff could have happened. But this is what would probably happen. And personally, I was thinking about it today, and I do... It's giving me vibes of like almost like WrestleMania 31 where people walked into Palo Alto kind of like eye rolling like I mean we're going to this because it's the showcase of the immortals it's WrestleMania but I mean we already knew what this card was going to be months before they announced it we know how this show is going to go and then they actually did the show and it blew us all out of the water I have a feeling that this year's WrestleMania is going to be incredible and I don't I think that most of us don't have that feeling right now. We don't have this feeling of like, oh my God, WrestleMania is going to be amazing. But I think once we get there, we're going to realize what's in front of us. Now, the rumor is that you're, because I think they're just going to throw everything at us. It's going to be like an insane, it's, I think it's, I think WrestleMania is going to be insane. I think Elimination Chamber was not insane. It was good. The, everything was good. Everything was solid. But there weren't a lot of surprises. There weren't a lot of like, oh my God. Like there wasn't a lot of uh, creative feelings going around. It was just a solid show. I think WrestleMania is going to be one of those nights or two of those nights, I guess, where we were, I hope, maybe I'm being optimistic, where we go like, yeah, this is why I love wrestling. You know, I think 
I think I I personally think we're going to see Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville amongst what I've already said that we're seeing. Um, and when you see Sami Zayn, you say Kevin Owens. The rumor is that we're going to have Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, I said this on the Patreon. My personal choice, my suggestion, I guess, Undertaker is going into the Hall of Fame, and people have said, and I think, by the way, they said The Miz was going to have a partner at WrestleMania against Ray and Dominic. People started saying, like, that's going to be Cody's spot. No way. I cannot sit here and believe that that's going to be Cody's spot. I think that you'll see Logan Paul or Gronk or, you know what I mean, like one of those guys. That'll be another celebrity spot. I think night one, you'll have Miz and maybe Logan Paul or Gronk or Bad Bunny or some celebrity versus Ray and Dominic. It would be funny if Bad Bunny did a heel turn. That'd be fucking awesome. And then I think night two, you'll get Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville or vice versa. I think you're going to have a celebrity match on both nights. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, gentlemen... Before we go any further, uh, we know confidence can take you far in life. We watch these superstars in the ring. The reason we believe in them is because they're confident. They make us believe in them. So how can we have this kind of confidence, especially in the bedroom? Nothing will take the wind out of your sails, like knowing your partner is not satisfied. How can they trust you to do anything? Well, worry no more, okay? It's time to ensure that your partner will be satisfied. You're sitting there going, Sam, you host all these shows. You watch all this wrestling. You must be exhausted. How can you ensure that your partner is satisfied? First of all, that's a little personal for you to be thinking about. This is a wrestling podcast. But second of all, if you are thinking about it, far be it from me to not tell you my secret. The secret? Blue Chew. Of course it's Blue Chew. You see, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead. You can be ready whenever an opportunity should arise. Process is simple. All you have to do is sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription in days. It's all done online. There's no awkwardness. There's no pharmacist. There's no doctor in person. There's no waiting room. It's even uh, shipped in a discreet mailer. So the mailman is not giving you those weird eyes when he hands it to you because he knows what it is. No, it's nobody's business but your own. 
keep it that way with Blue Chew. And we've got a special deal that's just for you, just for the not Samsonites. Try Blue Chew for free. When you use our promo code, not Sam, at checkout, all you have to do is pay the $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code not Sam, N O T S A M, to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. My thing here, right, is people are talking about Austin coming back this year, WrestleMania in Dallas. Why would Austin come back? Well, probably a lot of money and probably because he's at the point where it's now or never. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, now's the time to do it. And I think that, and there's also rumors of Shawn Michaels coming back to face AJ Styles. Again, it's not the first time that rumor has been up, but this would be a year to do it. For me, should Austin come back? I mean, it's always going to be a yes. You're never going to have me go, I want less Stone Cold Steve Austin. But you're also never going to have me go, there should be less Undertaker. Undertaker's going into the Hall of Fame this year. I believe that the Undertaker should be the only inductee in the Hall of Fame this year, but I think he should have multiple inductors. I think that the Hall of Fame ceremony should be a 60-minute ceremony in which four to five people give speeches on different aspects of The Undertaker's career. I think uh, Bruce Pritchard should be involved. I think Mick Foley should be involved. Obviously, Kane should be involved. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin should be involved. Uh, there's a lot of people. I think Edge could be a good one to be involved. That WrestleMania 24 match is a classic. Uh, you know, maybe you bring out uh, the whole BSK. You know, maybe you get Tio Savio and Godfather and, and Midian and you get them all up there at once. I think JBL should be involved. You know, there's a lot of people with a lot to say about this man. I'd love for Vince McMahon to be involved. I don't see it happening. And then have The Undertaker come out and give his speech. That's where I'd like to go. I'd like one inductee, multiple inductors this year for the WWE Hall of Fame for The Undertaker going in because there is never going to be anything else like this. The Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame is the most significant induction since Andre the Giant went in in 1993. I don't think there's a, any, and I don't know that there will be anybody that is more huge. I don't think there's going to be anybody that's more important. Honestly, I think The Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame is bigger than The Rock going into the Hall of Fame. The Rock going into the Hall of Fame is going to be huge. I think Undertaker's bigger. I don't think anybody else should be afforded the opportunity, but there's going to, in 1993, Andre the Giant went in by himself. It started the Hall of Fame. If there's one, people make comparisons between Andre the Giant and other big men. That's not the right comparison to make. Andre the Giant was a spectacle, was a larger than life character. People came to be in awe of Andre the Giant. It's not just about, having somebody who's big, it's because there was no per, it was just, it was Andre the Giant. He walked down the street, that's Andre the Giant. It was, it was, it was a, a person that became this character. The Undertaker is the closest thing to Andre the Giant that has existed since Andre. And I believe that there should be two people that have their own Hall of Fame classes. Andre the Giant in 93 and The Undertaker in 2022. However, this is where I'm going to lose some of you. I want to see The Undertaker wrestle again. I know, I know. If I saw him at the Bad Bunny show, it seems like he's having fun. 
I want to see him wrestle again. For me, my dream thing for WrestleMania would be not to do Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because I feel like you could get a year out of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I feel like you could get a year, you get Stone Cold to do three or four matches. And then, then, end Stone Cold's career. But that would start this year at WrestleMania, not end this year at WrestleMania. I think it would end next year at WrestleMania. I think next year at WrestleMania, you can do the singles match between Austin and Kevin Owens, or you can do the singles match between Austin and somebody else. But I think for his first trip back, I would love for Austin to come out on Raw, for Kevin Owens to confront him, for Seth Rollins to jump Austin, for Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins to beat Austin up, for Austin to challenge them to a tag match and to go to WrestleMania with Austin and Undertaker versus Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. And then throughout the year, you can do Austin versus Rollins. You can do Austin versus Owens. And then maybe have one big super match at WrestleMania next year in Los Angeles, Austin's other home, to end Austin's career. That's just what I would like to do, but... We can't sit here and talk about the end of people's careers. I'd like to talk about the beginning of people's careers. You know, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that the thing that I like most about wrestling is the stories. I think wrestling is all about the stories. And when I talk to people on this show, when I interview people, what fascinates me is their stories, bringing people from wrestling on here that have these stories that I just find fascinating. Everywhere I go in independent wrestling, every conversation I have about independent wrestling, it doesn't take long before Billy Stark's name comes up. She's just popping up all over the country, show after show, match after match. You get to Monday, you have the conversation about the indie shows that happened on the iPay-Per-View services over the weekend. Billy Stark's name comes up. It happened again this weekend. She had a couple of matches for Game Changer and for JCW uh, on the East Coast here. And while she was on the East Coast here, I said, I'd love to have you pop by the Not Sam studio. Here's what makes Billy Stark so fascinating is that not only is she very good, not only is she setting the indie world on fire, not only is she having matches around the country, but she's figuring out how to do this before she turns 18. Billy Starks is a junior in high school in Louisville, Kentucky. And she has made people forget that. She's made adults who pay for a ticket to watch a wrestling show forget that they are watching a junior in high school and just get lost in the fact that they're watching a good wrestler in the ring. That's an amazing thing to me. I'm not sitting here trying to watch high schoolers, you know, I, I, like I'm not going to a high school play. They suck. They're terrible. Because it's high school kids. They're terrible. They haven't figured out how to do anything well. Well, apparently that's not true. Because Billy Starks makes everybody forget. On the weekends, she's just a great independent wrestler. And sometimes she's a person who's in the Not Sam studio. Today is one of those days, ladies and gentlemen, Get to know Billy Starks. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. 
here with me in the Nazium studio for the very first time is uh, somebody that goes by a lot of names, uh, Space Jesus, Pizza Cat Jr., but of course, everybody knows her as Billy Starks. Welcome, Billy. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, and I'll tell you that, like, you know, obviously I've been aware of you for a long time now, you know, a couple of years, but the thing that made me go like, okay, I want to know more about this person's story was a tweet that you sent out, I don't know if it was a couple of weeks or a month ago, but it was just you trying to make a decision as to whether to wrestle or go to your prom or your junior prom. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's it. That's the story. Like, that's literally <laughs> like in a tweet, mm -hmm. your whole story right there, right? Yeah. And what is the decision that you made? Uh, I chose wrestling over prom. I love it. I love it. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. So, I mean, how... It's like a big question and probably not that complicated for you, right? Because it's probably normal at this point for you. But I think for most of us, it's kind of hard to picture what our high school careers would have been like if we were not only actively wrestling on the weekends, but in a way that is well known, right? Like publicized. Yeah. Like, it's like people know that you're doing this. What, what is that like for you to exist as a student at the same time as having this identity as a career pro wrestler now at the same time it's honestly like truly crazy i never expected it to happen as quickly as it did like when i was little my game plan was oh i'm gonna go to college i'll find a training school near my college train and then when i finish school i'll go and have this crazy wrestling life um and then wrestling school happened early like when i was in middle school um and then i just was so like connected to other wrestlers because I did photography before I was a wrestler. Um, so all these people wanted to give me opportunities and give me a shot and I took the advantage of it and now I've grown to be a wrestler while I'm still in high school. Um, and at first I didn't really talk about it. Like my friends knew, but I didn't really tell like the whole school. Um, and then I had like one incident where I was like, oh crap, I should probably tell people about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the, what was the incident? So my freshman year, uh, I was covered in bruises cause I'm wrestling and I bruise easily. Um, and I was like, this is the first couple of weeks of like my freshman year. And I go into my English class and my teacher was like, Hey, can you come out to the hallway with me? And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, what did I do? I had all my work done. Like why am I going out in the hallway right now? And she pulls me out in the hallway and asks, is everything okay at home? And I'm like, uh. um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and she was like, you're just always covered in bruises. And I was like, oh, you think my mom beats me? Yeah. No. no. Other people do, but not my mom. <laughs> so then I started showing like her videos and uh, I had to take a career options class like my freshman year because they want to see like where you want to go with your life and I was like oh I want to be a wrestler and they're looking at me like what do you mean and I would show them videos they're like how do you have a resume for this how do you go about this and I was like here's all my crap <laughs> it's I mean it's kind of funny when you're at this place where the teachers are like let's let, let's teach these people how to start formulating a career and you're like I mean I could kind of tell you how I've already done it. Yeah, you know? I was like, here, I already have it all figured out. Yeah. Um, and my teacher would actually play, like, my videos during class. She's like, oh, this is so cool. You already figured out what you want to do, blah, blah, blah. You're so organized. And I was like, I'm just hoping it works out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I and I think that people think that it's a, a bigger thing than it is, right? Because there are people in their 30s that are kind of 
searching around, figuring out what they want to do with their lives. So the idea that somebody at your point in life has already already knows seems daunting. But also when you know, you just kind of know. It's not like it's not like you did something extra to figure it out. You were just like, this is the thing that I like, and there are opportunities to do it now, right? Yeah, it kind of just clicked um, because I was like very little and I started watching it, and I'm a very stubborn person. So I was like, yep, this is what I want to do, and I never changed my mind. And like when I was little, I would always be like, oh, I'm going to do cheerleading for wrestling because it will make me athletic and in shape, and I will do cross country for cardio. And I hated cross country. I hate cardio. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all, all that stuff was for wrestling. It will make me a better wrestler at some point. Yeah, that was my game plan. Cause I was like, oh, I can't wrestle yet. But when I can, this will already help me get prepared for it. Like the cheerleading helped with like all the rolling and like, oh, I can base for things. And like cross country was all cardio and I hate running. <laughs> but, but wait, I think everybody does, right? Like that's like, if you could figure out how to be in shape doing zero cardio, <laughs> like that's the dream, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> My mom like loves running. So she got so excited oh. when I did cross country because when she was like in school, she like held records in Ohio and crazy stuff like that. So she was so excited when I started doing it. And then when I uh, like, she could just see the pain in my eyes every time I ran. She's like, she hates this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's that thing. And it becomes even more difficult too when you start the run going like, this is going to suck. Like it never doesn't suck. I always enjoyed like running in the rain. It was the most calming. And like I never, <laughs> never felt like blown up. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like every time I would run, it was so hot. And I just would see all these people immediately at the start just sprint. And I was like, oh. <sighs> <sighs> I was like, this is about to be like two miles and you guys are sprinting the yeah. two miles. I got a mean jog in me. <laughs> yeah, but I guess that's what you need, right? Like to get a good, but say a 15 minute match. Mm-hmm. Like you've got enough in you for, for obviously for a good 15 minute match. And you actually do like your style of wrestling is probably, I mean, it seems I'm not an athlete myself. I don't know <laughs> if you could have guessed, but your, your, your style of wrestling seems more cardio centric in a way just because there's a lot of rolling and a lot of quick movements and a lot of this so i but i guess if you can do that without running two miles at a time (laughs) don't run two miles at a time right i think wrestling cardio is completely different than anything else like the closest thing i found to it is probably like boxing because i've done boxing um and it's a lot of that same like movement you're staying very active but you're also can pace yourself out mm-hmm. and i feel like re- wrestling it has like it's up and downs like a roller coaster so you can pace yourself out throughout it so when you say that you were doing cheerleading and and track and field and stuff like that as, as sort of a base for wrestling i mean wh- how young are we talking about is this you in like sixth grade younger so i started crunch uh cross country in the sixth grade and i did it in seventh grade too um, cheerleading was very, very early on. I did that in like third grade all the way up until my eighth grade year when uh, I like started getting pushing on wrestling more and more. Um, I started training in the seventh grade and I had matches and matches and then it started getting to the point where I'm like, oh, cheerleading's in the way of wrestling. We got to get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, now it's become this thing that was going to help the wrestling is. I can't go to wrestling practice because I'm in cheerleading practice. Mm-hmm. I know which one is going to stop. Um, when you were started training in seventh grade, mm-hmm. was it just like, I'm just going to train 
to train. I'm going to train to get good. Like you, you couldn't have thought, yeah, I'll start training in seventh grade. And then, you know, by the time I'm 15, I'll be able to have pro matches. Or did you? Um, so I thought I wasn't going to be able to have like matches until I was maybe like 16, maybe 18. Uh, cause the youngest wrestler I met at that point was 16 mm-hmm. and I was like, there ain't no way they're letting me get into this ring this early. And I only trained for like six months before I had my first ever match. And wow. I was like, what's going on right now? I'm not supposed to be, here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's wild to think about. And I don't know. Um, how do I explain this? Like, even when I went for my first training session, I came right after, like, a cheerleading practice, and I was only supposed to watch and be, like, see how I think about it. Do I truly want to train here? Is this the right time? And uh, I was watching, and the trainer was like, hey, can you come, like, step into the ring? Do you want to, like, roll around? And I was like, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I was just hooked from that moment on. And um, I never expected stuff to progress as quickly as it did. Like yeah. I thought I was going to have to train for so much longer. I, I didn't think I was going to get as many opportunities as I did. I was like, Oh, why do things just happen as quickly as they did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, your stepdad is a, a photographer, right? Like mm-hmm. a, a wrestling photographer. So it's like you were already familiar enough with the business, quote unquote, right? Yeah. Like you kind of knew it wasn't like you were stepping into this foreign world. So maybe, maybe that big leap had kind of already been taken in your brain because it's you were not just a person that watched it on TV. You would you were familiar with the independents already. Like you had been to shows already mm-hmm. in sort of a professional capacity. Yeah, I think that's honestly what helped me uh, progress the fastest was being able to talk to people. Uh, when I was doing promo pictures, like I would be like, oh, why'd you start wrestling? What's like advice you would give younger wrestlers, blah, blah, blah. And um, a lot of people would help me with the psychology aspect before I even stepped foot into the ring to do any of the moves and all that jizz jazz. But like, I think I already had like the strong brain for wrestling yeah. before I was like, oh, I can do moves now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think that too, like when you look at wrestling, I think that when people make big strides, it's when they start figuring out why they're doing things instead of how, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like how is usually that first step. And then once they figure out like why a wrestler would do this in the ring, it's when mm-hmm. those stories start to be told and when the audience starts to connect a little more and it's not just like, hey, look what I can do. And I feel like being around it so much, the why was probably in your head before the how. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When that's 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 an extreme advantage. Was there anybody that you saw, whether it was on those shows or even on television, that made it more of a possibility, like that made it seem more realistic that like, oh, well, I see this person doing it. I think if that person does it, maybe maybe I could do this. Um, I don't. I feel like it was just being around independent wrestling as a whole. Like once I discovered independent wrestling i was like this is a possibility like i know where to start now Mm -hmm. um and it wasn't like one singular person it was just independent wrestling as a whole like opened my eyes of like oh this is something i can do i don't have to go through like you don't have to go through all these other markets to get to the top you can start at the independent uh level and grow yourself to this big brand yeah yeah and i'm sure you've seen people that are just independent wrestlers right and it's like you can also just do that 
now. But I'm, I'm sure, like, even, you know, once you start wrestling, like, seeing people like Shotzi on SmackDown, you're sitting there going, like, this is literally, I mean, she still looks the same. She's still wrestling the same. You're like, this is, this is a thing. Like, this is a thing that happens to BBC. Like, you know, there's so many people that you've worked with in a short period of time that are getting signed up and that are ending up on TV and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that that must be encouraging, right? Yeah. I always talk about this. Like, it helps a lot with uh, seeing all my friends, like, move up the ranks. And I feel like it's like, oh, they're already up there. It gives me something to strive towards, and I'm so proud of everything they're doing. But they still are willing to, like, help other people out. Like, I can message these people and be like, hey, I have a question about this. Do you have your opinion? Blah, blah, blah. And they're always willing to help. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that struck me, too, because I also was kind of, like, paying attention to the way people spoke about you and kind of treated you. And I feel like wrestling has changed a lot, especially independent wrestling, where, like, there was a time not that long ago where it's, like, it was, like, dingy, carny, unsafe. Like, (laughs) you know, a lot of you'd hear these, like, horror stories, Mm -hmm. and you'd be like, you can't can't send anybody that's under 30 into a building (laughs) like that. But now I feel like it's just become so much of a more support supportive, kind of inclusive in the best possible definition of the word uh, place. And that I feel like instead of people trying to make sure that, you know, they look good so that the right person sees them, people are really invested in putting on good shows and making sure that the other people that are doing what they're doing are growing. Yeah. And I think that's what wrestling should be. Like, at some point, we're all going to have to get in the ring with each other there's no point in tearing one person down to build yourself up how about let me build this person up they build me up and we keep growing together yeah yeah and you keep and you go like okay that was a really good match we can make this even better and we can make this a thing and people Mm -hmm. will come to see this match because you hear about it and i think you know and i'm sure that you've noticed it in your own life like the internet has changed everything where like everything you do could be seen by a global audience right yeah, and I think that comes with, like, a positive and a negative, because yeah. really, there's, like, moments where I'm, like, I can't mess up, like, I can't do new things, because I'm, like, if it doesn't work out well, the internet's going to be, like, what was this? Right, right. <laughs> but it also helped me grow so quickly, because so many more eyes are on me, and I think that was a lot for, like, so many other wrestlers, um, where, like, the internet gets attention of you, and then, boom, big superstar. You blew up overnight because Twitter exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's also got to be so much pressure, right? Because, like, realistically, for most people, nobody's supposed to see you for the first three to five years of wrestling. Like, nobody's mm-hmm. supposed to see you, and those are the growing pains, and those are where you're figuring everything out. But now it's like, I mean, literally your first match is on YouTube. And it's so bad. You don't like it. You can't I even... I hate it. Oh, my God. Uh, Mouse made... I don't remember who watched it the other day, and he's like, sit on the couch and suffer. And I was like, I hate it here. Because uh, I injured my ankle in my first match, and I just remember being like, oh, I hate it. Why, why do I do this to myself? It was on a freaking elbow. I do a swanton, but I in- injure my freaking ankle on an elbow off the top. I'm an idiot. Well, you just wanted to do stuff, right? I don't know what I was trying to do. I was like, oh, this will be fine. And I wasn't even, that was like, so my first match, it was a funny story. Like, I was only six months into training, 
And it was originally going to be me versus another girl I trained with. And it was both of our debuts. So it was me versus another green girl. Uh, and we were supposed to be pre-show. And then uh, me being good old big fiery baby face sold too many tickets. And they're like, oh, the, all the crowd's going to leave after pre-show. We're moving you guys to semi-main event. And I was like, Why? Um, <laughs> and then the match changed into like a triple threat. So it was me, the other girl, and then a vet to like try to help lead us. But I was like, imagine your first match being a triple threat. And I was like, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was a match that happened. And, uh, I think just... <laughs> I love that description, by the way, it was a match that happened. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think it honestly made me like, in my head, I was like, I'm going to have to lead this. I'm so originally, <laughs> and I was like, I am so green. <laughs> um, did you, but you didn't know you were green or you did? Oh, I did. You did. I, okay. I knew I was bad because I was like, I watched so much <laughs> wrestling and then I would watch like my training matches. And I'm like, this is god awful. What am I doing? <laughs> and I just know it takes time and yeah. practice. And I'm not a very athletic person. I have to like practice over and over until I get something. Yeah. And there's so many times where I'm like, I want to do this flashy thing. And I'm like, huh, wait, no, I'm not athletic. I can't <laughs> yeah. do this. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason why it's like people pay tickets to see it. Because it's really hard to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I do, I'm actually really happy that you hate your first match so much. Because like when I hear people go like, yeah, man, right out of the gate. Like, I love my early stuff. I'm like, oh. You're gonna crash real hard. You're gonna it's gonna get ugly at some point for you. But if you're it seems like you're a pretty self-aware person. Mm-hmm. You know, even in the sense that I think most people when they're green don't know that. Like they think that they're like, Yeah, I mean I'm new, but I'm better than the average. And it's like, no, you're new. And I, I, I think that that's a that's a good especially in wrestling, like I think it's really good to be self-aware. I think it really helps that like with my parents and stuff, they're very honest with me. <laughs> Like, very brutally honest, especially Mouse, my dad. Um, he has always told me, like, I'm never going to tell you good. you're good until you are. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'll take it. And there was after, like, right after my, like, this was one of my first really big early on matches was Kylie Ray at Black Label. He came to the back and hugged me. And I was like, What's going on? Did I just have a good match? Like, what, what is happening? And then he, like, hugs me. What's and you this see, like, feeling this of little approval? Tear, and I was like... And he immediately ran away from everybody because Brain Buster was back there trying to get a picture of it. And he's like, you ain't catching me. <laughs> Zoomed out. But he was proud. Yes. I That's was, like, so very sweet. shocked. <laughs> I was like, I actually had a good match. I got Mouse's approval. Yeah, yeah. And there's no, you can't, and there's no getting around it. You can't pretend you weren't proud because I felt your emotions. <laughs> I felt them. So, like, when you, when you're, when your parents come to terms or realize, like, oh, she's, this is what she's going to take seriously. Like, mm-hmm. she's training now. She's going to start having matches. Obviously, Mouse was supportive. I mean, not overly supportive, but like supportive <laughs> of the fact that you're doing this, I would think. Mm-hmm. Was your mom in the same boat? I mean, this is kind of like, I know, I remember when I was a freshman in high school, backyard wrestling was like huge. I love backyard wrestling. You do? I'm such a big fan. Like when I watch wrestling, I watch backyard wrestling and people <laughs> think I'm crazy for it. 
But I love, like, me as a wrestler, I've grown to, like, just study wrestling now. Mm -hmm. But backyard wrestling is so unpredictable that I can actually enjoy and be like, let's go. This is crazy. (laughs) Um, And I... I don't know what it is. You know, I've always thought that there could, there is a market for somebody to do like a really massive backyard show. You know what I mean? Like yes. if you could find, I guess it's kind of like what CZW was doing, but like if you could literally like in a backyard that is just like <laughs> massive, I don't know if it's in like a really rich area of town or something like that, but I, I feel like there's, like that's the one thing that hasn't really been done, like an iPay-per-view massive backyard show. I think it would be amazing. I would love it, but I feel like there's so many people who would be like, why are you giving people a spotlight? They don't train, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's fun. Let people enjoy their lives. (laughs) Right. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. And I feel like, you know, now more than ever, it's like we're really getting exposed to the fact that everything is wrestling. There, Mm -hmm. there, There are no sort of ultimate definites, right? Like stuff isn't going to work and is going to work, but that's for everything. Yes. But like I, when I was a freshman in high school, I was like, "Yep, I'm starting a backyard wrestling promotion. It's definitely happening." Like this is when the back, best of backyard wrestling VHS <laughs> tapes were coming out and everything, and it was huge. And my parents were like, "No," it's <laughs> like, "Well, I mean," and they were like, "Yeah, no, there's no conversation here. It's just a, it's a hard pass. <laughs> like, Cut that off yeah, right now. right now." <laughs> and I mean, I know you know it's different. I wasn't going like I'm gonna go to wrestling school and train and do this the right way. I was like. No, I'm gonna get a camcorder and a whole bunch of friends to come over, and they're like, "Yeah, no, you're not gonna do that at all." <laughs> Were your was your was your mom on board with the with the journey? So she was never like a huge fan of wrestling, so she was like, "Oh, now it's first, taking over the house entirely." She, she was like, "Ah, oh, crap." <laughs> <laughs> um, but she like once I started, she didn't really care about like the in ring aspect. Mm-hmm. She cared about oh. Uh, the gear, the merchandise, all this stuff. So she helped with all the marketing. I think she really grew to love that part. And then she was like, oh, let's do social media. Let's do this. Let's grow this. And I feel like that's uh, why I have such good merchandise because my mom has always helped out with that. Uh Um, And then I have always looked decent. Like she puts me together. Like I will give her like crazy ideas and I'm like, hey, this is my idea. Can you like draw something up? And then she does? Yes. That's great. Yeah, because, I mean, you do have, like, your gear always sticks out. You have, like, seven nicknames. You have a, 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 a faction slash promotion slash whatever. Like, you, yes, like there it's is, crazy. Like, like, there is this kind of bigger picture to the whole thing, but I guess that's because mm-hmm. the entire household is involved. Yes. Um, and it's crazy to think about, like, most of those things are just, like, things I already liked or they were just jokes with me and my friends. Yeah. And it just, like, grew into something more. Like, Space Jesus is just a dumb joke. Yeah. Um, and everybody's like, this is great. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I get because it's like, even though it, it, like, it doesn't really necessarily make sense. Mm-hmm. When you come out with, like, blue hair and all the colors and the sparkles and everything, you're like... Yeah, I mean, I could if there was a space Jesus, I could see that's what it, he or she would look like, right? It's wrestling. Like, we can get away with anything. <laughs> anything. Like, anything's possible. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so how do your, uh, how do the people in your school kind of react to it? Not just your friend circle, but, like, like, I know when I was in high school, again, one of the kids in the school had a bit part in the movie The Sixth Sense. And it was like... You know him? That's the kid from The Sixth Sense. And I can only imagine (laughs) that, like, 
if I were in that high school, I'd be like, yeah, that's the girl that read. That's Billy. Sp-. Everybody would have their, you know, YouTube out on their phone and everything. Is there kind of a overall awareness of it in school or not as much? Um, I think it's very like apparent in like my classes and people that are around me almost every day. Um, and then it's also like most of my teachers like know because I come into school and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go take this nap real quick. <laughs> I'm back. Hi guys, how are you? <laughs> um, but I think it's not very like known throughout like my entire school because I'm a very like laid back and chill person when I'm at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not like interacting with everybody and I'm not very like well known. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of keep just to my classrooms, knock out school, and then I never go to like any of the after school stuff because I'm always at wrestling. Like, I've never went to my homecoming. I never went to any of the football games or the basketball games. And my friends are like, hey, what about prom? And I was like, um, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like you're almost already past it, right? Like, you're you've, you're doing the stuff that you would be doing once you're done with high school now. So it's almost like, yeah, I'm just going to do that. And, like... I was very lucky that, like, I've gotten to go to prom with uh, my boyfriend, and he graduated, so I went to his prom, Mm -hmm. and that was, like, super nice, and that was the only thing I've ever, like, went to like that, Uh and I was like, oh, it was fun, I dressed up, it was cool, Um, but I was like, I experienced it, I don't need another (laughs) one, and I'm not a very, like, oh, I need to look nice and look pretty, I'm a very sweatpants, sweatshirt, Uh, here's my hair in a bun, hi guys, I'm here. Right, or... (laughs) Or wrestling gear. Yes, or wrestling <laughs> gear. Yeah, my mom like complains about this all the time that I like ask for so much makeup and like all this stuff. But I never wear it outside of wrestling. I'm like, there's no need. Why do I need to look nice? It's... Who am I being presentable for? <laughs> I mean, I love that. It's so functional. Like, I feel like everything. Like, whether it's cheerleading or cross country or your makeup or whatever. It's just like, how am I going to be able to apply this to wrestling? Because if you can't explain that to me, I'm just not that interested. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, how did you find that when you kind of made the leap from uh, the kid that was hanging around all the time to the photographer to being like, no, this is one of the boys. You know, this is somebody who's on the show mm-hmm. now. Did you, I mean, clearly most people were supportive. Did you find mm-hmm. that it was kind of across the board supportive or were there people like... So, like, it was very supportive for me. I was very, very lucky because a lot of people are weird about kids and wrestling, which are, like, I understand. Yeah. But I always had a parent there. I always had someone, like, with me um, who was going to take care of me. And I'm lucky. I still got health insurance. Some of these wrestlers don't have health insurance. <laughs> I don't have to pay if I break my bones. My mom does. <laughs> um, but, like, there was times where... I love that. <laughs> I just love the idea of there being, like, a debate. Do you think wrestlers should have health insurance? Some of us have our parents. Yeah, we're good. So it's it's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, but, but there was times where like people were scared to use me just because of my age and stuff like that, or like, oh, I've seen you since you were like this tiny, and now you're in the ring. Like, what's going on? I don't feel comfortable with this. Yeah. Um. So there was times like that, but I think people like grew and seen me develop as a wrestler. So they're like, okay. We trust you. Let's let's get used to this. Yeah. And I think it's just hard sometimes because you've seen this little person and now they've grown up and you're like, when did we get here? I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the people that were like, oh, 
it's it, it's almost like yeah they had that it's it's hard to turn off that like sort of little kid affection that they might have had for you and go like mm-hmm. no we have to go to work and make this look like you know she's getting her ass kicked and I'm the <laughs> one that's gotta kick her ass um have you had to tell people like you know you gotta go harder you gotta you gotta you gotta hit me here you gotta make this look oh, like my- God, this was like such a big problem when I first started training. Like all these guys were afraid to hit me. So uh, me being a very fired up person, I'm just blasting away. And I was like, come on, come on. And my trainer would make fun of them. They're like, you better hit her. She's going to murder all of you. Come on. So so that's what you do. You'd be like, well, I'm going to start hitting you way harder until you start responding. Yes, that was like always the thing. And then I was always told because I was younger and I was a female like, oh, you have to look like you're a fighter. Like, you have to be fighting for people to take you seriously. And I was like, okay, I get what you're saying, so I need to make everything look vicious as possible, and I need to look bigger than life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Was there anybody that uh, reached out to you or, or, like, showed support for you early on that you were like, oh, my God, like, this is... I can't believe that you're taking the time out for me. Oh, I don't... There were so many people who really, like wanted to see me like keep going keep developing and just want to be a better wrestler and um like Trey Miguel and like a bunch of people at Rockstar uh I feel like helped with my develop very early on because they wanted to see me grow they see me as a photographer and they see me like oh now she's making this transition and she actually wants this she wants the help um and they would offer their brains like without even thinking about it they're like oh you want this here let me offer you this information let me help you and um i was very very lucky for that and i will never take that for granted yeah i mean i think there is a thing that like when you have developed a passion for something and you see somebody young develop that same passion i mean i feel like if you're a good person if you're a bad person you won't but if you're a good person you're gonna want to go like how can i like do not lose this like you know what i mean like you see this thing and it's like i wish that i had that much figured out then do not lose this just keep going keep going keep going because the other thing is it can get difficult right like if you achieve a certain level of success early on and then there's a minute where it plateaus not to say that it will or it has but you know who knows it can become difficult to get okay with that and that's one of those things where it's like no you're doing the right thing you're doing the right thing you're doing the right thing and i think it's valuable to have those people in your life i've definitely had those moments where like i felt like uh i feel flat right now like i feel like i'm not growing and i would like talk to like my friends about this or i would talk to my parents and be like something needs to change i need to do something like i i feel like i've not grown i'm stuck at this level or like oh i feel like i'm just doing the same things over and over again i need something to click i need something to go up um and like there's definitely with wrestling there's ups and downs like we had to deal with the pandemic and like (laughs) we all went down for a little bit but like that just means for when we grow back up like that makes people even more excited to see us again and interestingly enough i mean as bad as the pandemic was for everybody or has been i guess for everybody Mm -hmm. um gcw running those shows early on was where you kind of got to be looked at for the first time by them and kind of were able to make a transition into that world, right? Yeah, definitely during the pandemic, there was certain wrestlers who got a chance and it really pushed them to the moon. And that was, I was definitely one of them. I can say Cole Radrick was one of them. Um, And I think 
just getting that opportunity really pushed my career to the next level. Um, and then being able to say, like, oh, I'm part of the GCW, like, uh, locker room or this and that. And I, I'm going to be honest, like, I was like, oh, I'm on JCW most of the time, but you guys want to associate my name with this? I'm cool with that. Um, <laughs> so I'll take it. And um, I think there's so many eyes on GCW right now because of how big of a promotion it is and how it's making the independents more seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say it's like the number one independent promotion right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would 100% agree with that. Uh, have there been any fans that, have been too supportive, like too protective almost going like, <laughs> going like, no, don't do this. Don't do this. Where you're like, don't worry. I got this. Or. <sighs> so like, I've definitely had moments where I'm like, I hate Twitter because they're like, Oh, this person, like when I wrestled Janai Kai, uh, like we did this crazy top rope, uh, like Falcon arrow type thing. Mm-hmm. And I took it nasty. Cause I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> and the people were like losing their minds about it. And I was like, I'm completely fine. Yeah. I do swantons, but this is a scary bump. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and people were like, just didn't feel comfortable with it. And they're like, Oh, Janai's unsafe. This and that, and this and that. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? I'm fine. Like it's wrestling. Like it's supposed to be scary. You're supposed to be afraid that I'm going to get hurt. Like, Right. I'm trying to get emotion out of you, and I'm apparently provoking it. Yes. But there's a certain part where I'm like, you have to remember, like, I'm going to push the lines, but I promise, like, I will never push too far. Like, I'm going to be safe. I'm a wrestler. I'm a worker, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and I think that that is kind of the part of, like, being so young and wrestling professionally, you have two choices. Either your character is the obnoxious heel that has everything they ever wanted at a young age, or it's the sympathetic baby face that we're like, oh, we want to protect this person because they're young. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you got to pick one of them, but you also, as an audience member, kind of have to understand that that's the role that you're in. So if you feel kind of uncomfortable with a moment, like my thing, because I hear that unsafe thing a lot. I feel like more now than ever with fans, not Mm -hmm. with wrestlers. And I feel like, if a wrestler says that a wrestler that they were in the ring with is unsafe, then I take that very seriously. Yes. But I would never watch a match and go like, well, clearly that's unsafe. Because it's like, well, how would I possibly know? How would know? you know you're yeah. not taking the move? Like, you <laughs> yeah. don't know how that feels. And I would say, like, if you're a wrestler watching another wrestler do it, maybe. But you're still not in the ring and you're still not experiencing that. Right. And I've never had, like, a moment in the ring where I'm like, oh, I feel unsafe. Like, I, I feel in danger, blah, blah, blah. Because I know, like, like every person I've stepped into the ring with, I've always felt, like, comfortable. And I know what I'm going to do and what I'm going to do. Yeah. So at the time, we're, we're recording this interview the day before your match with Atticus mm-hmm. at GCW. Who, like, I think that's going to be one of those where, like, he's such... A villainous person. Such a scumbag. <laughs> Such a scumbag that it's like, this is one where I think it's going to pull on people's heartstrings, you know, if he can get his hands on you. But he also, okay, this is, this is, he likes to put the spikes mm-hmm. into people's heads. It's one of the things that he likes to do. He does that often. I don't think you've ever, have you ever done anything like that? Like had the spikes planted in your head? Or I, I know you've never done any deathmatch stuff, but if mm-hmm. there have, have have you ever done anything like that? 
So I've definitely done like a more hardcore style before, mm-hmm. but I've never bled. I've never really got hit with anything. It's always vice versa. Like I'm beating the crap out of these other people with weapons. <laughs> which which is better, I find. Yeah. I was like, I'll happily beat you with this kendo stick. Um, but like even Mouse has said, like, you better not get stabbed this weekend. He uh stayed home this weekend and is like hanging out with my brother. Yeah. And he was like, Don't get stabbed at all, I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I promise I won't. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's a promise that you can make. And I feel like that's part of the match, right? That's one of the reasons people are gonna tune into it to find out if you're going to get stabbed or not. Yes. And I was like, this is what people are anticipating. Are they going to let this, is, is this going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. And that is that fine line where it's like, there are people that would see that and go like, that should never happen. There are other people that would see that and go like, well, of course that should happen. Cause that's like, it's this just taboo too thing. more it's, like, I, I see it as like, we're both just competitors in a ring. Like right. I don't take my age into consideration and I've never have since like the day I started, like I hated the comment of like, you're good for your age. You're like, oh, you're doing pretty great, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah. I was like, tell me I'm good for, like, my wrestling ability, right. not, like, my age, blah, blah, blah. And so many people are like, oh, you shouldn't be wrestling this young. And I'm like, well, I was doing cheerleading and getting kicked in the head and all this, and my little brother's doing football, but wrestling's unsafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... At least in wrestling, there should be some level of cooperation with the person that you're doing yes. physical activity with. And like football, it's zero cooperation. You're, you're just, wham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have always found that interesting that there is this still. I mean, it's been, I mean, over 35 years since the mm-hmm. kind of sports entertainment thing was put out there and it became very public information what this thing that we know as wrestling was. But it is still looked at in some ways as more brutal than, like, football, which it's really not, right? I don't think so. And, like, there, where I go to box, uh, there's, like, little kids who are, like, practicing boxing with each other. <laughs> I accidentally, like, went to one class because I wasn't paying attention. And I looked and I was like, oh, they have an early class today. And I drove up to the gym and there's all these, like, little six-year-olds and they're, like, all punching the bag. And I turn... I'm not supposed to be here. And they, like, let them box and, like, go at each other. And they're like, oh, it'll be fine. They're wearing gloves. Uh, and they're like, oh, can you, like, uh, box with one of them? And I was like, yeah. So they're like, oh, just cover up and let them get some shots on you. And I'm letting them hit me. Letting them hit me. And he starts going hard. And I was like, oh, I'm done. And I kick him over. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like a terrible person. I should have kicked this little kid over. And like, but like you go into self defense mode, right? Like he, I'm he was hit. going. <laughs> I was like, this little kid's tougher than some of the wrestlers I wrestled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that I think that yeah, that's that's what you aspire to. Because I mean, also for women, I think they have the same thing. Like, oh, she's one of the better female wrestlers, and you're like, that's not really what I'm looking to hear right be, now. <laughs> you're a really good wrestler. Like, it shouldn't be this divide because of age or gender or anything like that. Like, I've never told like another female and like this is my honest critique like i'm not taking anything else into consideration yeah because it, it's wrestling at the end of the day right like, nothing should matter other than wrestling right right although you could start going that like you know for a guy you're actually not I that should. bad <laughs> like you're not that bad for a guy you, you know for somebody that's a little older 
you still got it. <laughs> still like, you still, you're still doing it. Good for you. Uh, I'm going to mess with Effie when I see him. He's talking about how he's like, you don't get good until you're in your 40s. And I was like, oh, you get good when you're old? <laughs> um, so uh, are there, what you were talking about going to boxing, I know that like uh, Shotzi bestowed the uh, Pizza Cat Jr. Uh, honor upon you as is the lucha tradition and that you like to do that uh to work the more lucha style but i mean that's a really athletic style is that something that like when you train now do you try to acquire skills that are like lucha oriented or do you go to boxing to do that or are you just trying to cram as much in as you physically can so when i was like able like, I still go to training, and I train by myself. Um, I've been taught by a lot of, like, good people who've known, like, the lucha style. Like, oh, do this lucha drill. Oh, practice this. This is how you base for this. And I kind of just, like, been practicing that and developing that idea. Um, and then just watching wrestling, you can take a lot from people. And, like, I think it's really great because that style um, is so extraordinary, so athletic, and like it gives me something to work on mm-hmm. um because i am a very like oh i can s- stay planted i'm good on like the ground but like sometimes i'm like oh it's good to have these other things in my back pocket like i can do this stuff if i ever need to yeah 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 i think the uh the other thing that i i've always i think the state license thing at this point is very odd you know the <laughs> different states have different age limits and it's like Nobody's going to a show to watch a bunch of little kids that shouldn't be in a ring get in a ring. Like, people don't go to shows to watch people who shouldn't be in a ring get in a ring. So, to me, I feel like, you know, I mean, this is, I I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But there are states that you can't wrestle in right now. Have Mm -hmm. you thought about, like, once you turn 18 and you can get that license, going on a full-on... I got Mm -hmm. my license tour. Like a terror? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just going on a tour and going to hit in each state that you could never go for the first time and blah 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 uh i think it would be like fun to just like make jokes about it and i was like i honestly don't know it just depends on like do shows actually want to see me here because i don't know if these people know me in like these states because i've never been able to wrestle here right um but like i think there's definitely that opportunity like when i do have the opportunity to get a license i'm like okay where could I go? Yeah. And um, I think there's definitely some places on, like, the hit list mm-hmm. um, that I'm like, yeah, this can definitely happen when I turn 18. This is going to seem like a deeper question than I think it actually is. But what's, like, the real you, right? Because I feel like the you during the week and the you on the weekends are two, like, incredibly different people. Like, it would be yes. really weird <laughs> For me to sit here and be like, hey, there's this kid in high school. Why don't you be on my podcast? We'll talk about you being a kid in high school. That'd be a really weird thing to yes. do. But I, I feel like, you know, me taking this person who's a wrestler and having them on mm-hmm. my podcast is not a weird thing. It's what I do. It's yeah. not a weird thing at all. So do you feel like when you go through the week, you're like, okay, I got to pretend to be this person so I can get to the weekend and wrestle? Or when you're wrestling, are you like, okay, these people don't know. I'm just a student. So I say it's like the Hannah Montana effect. I live two different lives. <laughs> yeah. um, and like, I feel like the wrestling is me turned up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely like, oh, I'm just here to have fun. This is truly what I love. And you can see that when I'm in the ring. 
And then during the week, it's me turned down because I'm like collecting my energy back. <laughs> Save it for the weekend, brother. And I'm like, yeah, this is when I need it. Uh, we'll turn it down right here. <laughs> yeah. Does the traveling ever get to you? Like, I can't imagine. Like, did you drive to the East Coast for this show? I mean, yeah, we drove up here from Louisville. Yeah, we actually had to drive uh, from Tennessee because we went to the AEW show and then we drove to Louisville. Switched out cars, then drove up 12 hours up here. And this is, a, I mean, you're working regularly. Like, you're working mm-hmm. most weekends. So this is not an odd Yeah, this is a very, do. like, normal drive. Uh, we've gone to Jersey so much that it's yeah. like, oh, we're going to Jersey again. Everybody hop in the car. <laughs> like, I did twice over the summer. I had to drive from here to Indianapolis, which you're mm-hmm. near. And it, like killed me like i was like i need two days to recover after that drive it's like 12 hours long mm-hmm. but like i mean how did you get used to that or are you used to it um i'm very lucky that like i just got like my license and stuff mm-hmm. so, oh so it's fun so i've been like oh i just get to chill i'll play video games on my phone oh. and uh like mouse and my mom have been the ones yeah. <laughs> um, and then we also usually drive with Cole Radrick and Cole will like take over a bunch of the time. Uh, but definitely Mouse has just become a machine with driving. I think yeah. he enjoys driving. And I guess he's been doing it even longer than you've been wrestling yes. for the photography gigs and stuff. Yeah. Um, so he just loves driving and we'll do it. We call him the machine because he literally will just sit here and be like, I got this. <laughs> you guys good? Okay. <laughs> That's incredible. Like, what do you, what do you do in the car? Like, once it becomes normal to take, because I know, like, when I'm taking a long road trip, it's, like, every so often. So, it's, like, oh, I have this podcast to listen to and this and that, and I'll actually, like, plan it in advance. But when it's just, like, well, it's the weekend, of course we're going to drive nine hours. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a go-to, or are you, are you just, like, good at just posting up? It, like, really depends on, like, the mood of the car ride. Yeah. Sometimes we'll, like, every time we've gone to Minnesota... Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually go to first wrestling, mm-hmm. um, and Mouse refuses to play anything but Prince the entire way there. Minnesota. <laughs> I was like, I would just let him live his life. He's the one driving. I will shut up and listen to Prince on repeat. <laughs> um, and then there's been times where it's just like, oh, I'm going to binge watch this entire podcast series. And it's sometimes I'm like, oh, this is a really good podcast. There's other times where I'm like, I hate this person's voice. Please <laughs> shut up. Uh, there was one time, I think it was for Fight Forever, Mamma and Pondo was in the car with us. Uh-huh. The mouse is turning on this podcast. And I think Colt Cabana starts talking. And Pondo just turns off the radio and goes, we're not listening to this anymore. <laughs> and I was just like rolling up. Like, Thank you, Pondo. I'm so done with this. <laughs> That's hilarious. And he could make that call. He's Pondo. Yeah, he's I mean, Pondo. Yeah, I mean, of course he can make that call. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now you uh you've dabbled in promoting a show, right? Yes, I've helped out. Like mm-hmm. I'm usually like Mouse will be like, "Oh, I have this idea." And I was like, "Okay, what are we thinking?" Yeah. And he'll say some names, I'll say some names, and then I'll be like, "What about this match and this match? We'll put this person here and we'll like move stuff around." Mm-hmm. Um and then my mom's usually the one like, "Oh, I'll reach out to everybody and plan a date because me and him are just like this is our idea. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is the hard part. Yes. Like, her part is the absolute pain in the ass, stressful. Like, I had to talk to people and negotiate and do all this crap. 
Yeah. Um, and then, like, when it came to my birthday show, like, it was supposed to be, like, originally it was going to be my 16th birthday, so we're going to do, like, Sweet 16. No, 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 no. And then. Like it, the old MTV show? Like my super sweet 16. Yeah. yeah. Except it's a wrestling show. Yes. Um, but it ended up, because of COVID, uh, we like moved it on to uh, last year and we did it. And I've never been like, I hate it here. I just want to wrestle. I'm so tired of talking to people. And I wasn't really doing anything. I just told my mom, like, these are the matches I want. Please make it happen. And she was like, okay. And... I just remember, like, this person being like, oh, blah, 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 I can't make it, or, oh, I'm late, da, da, da. And I was like, oh, my God, please just work, please just work. I don't want to change anything anymore. Yeah. Um, and I was just so much more excited about my match, but I wanted to watch my entire show, too, and I was like, I hate multitasking. Which one do I go do first? Yeah. And everybody thought I was crazy because I wouldn't put myself, like, main. I was like, I don't want to be the main event of my own show because I want to watch all these other matches so I ended up doing it like where I was right after intermission or right before. I think I was right after. Uh-huh. So I could watch the entire first card. And then I went downstairs, got changed, and then figured out my match, wrestled. And then I was like, okay, get unchanged, go back out, watch the rest of the wrestling. <laughs> That's kind of the way it should be. Like, I, I love the idea of a promoter putting on a show that they actually just want to watch. Because I think that's like what it should be. Like, you're putting this on for your fans yeah. but it should also be for yourself like if you're a true wrestling fan and this is what you love then it's gonna go great like uh i went to jimmy's birthday show yesterday mm-hmm. um and it was all matches that jimmy wanted to do jimmy lloyd yeah jimmy yeah, yeah, lloyd. yeah yeah and jimmy was like hmm, i'm gonna be evil this is all i want to watch <laughs> blah 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 this is like his dream matches this is what he enjoys as a wrestler yeah um, and like the crowd was there for everything, and I thought it was a great card. Just watching it, I was like, "Dang, Jimmy, you book a good card." He was like, "Yeah, I'm because I'm having fun." <laughs> <laughs> Do you like? Are, are those shows that you like working where you know it's like this is this person that you already know that person, and this is his kind of dream show that he's just putting together? Are those funner to be a part of? Because I think the energy's just there because wow. everybody's just always having a good time, so you can feel that. Yeah. Um, and then. I think it's because, like, they expect you to do good so you don't have any pressure. So you're already like, okay, this is going to be good. Mm -hmm. When you hear that uh, AEW signed Nick Wayne, are you going to, like, a very unique contract where it's, like, Mm -hmm. technically not until after he's graduated high school we'd be doing... Do you kind of look at that going, huh, things are changing, Mm. huh? I actually, like, messaged Nick when it first happened because I was like, dang, you weren't going to tell me you're getting signed, man? (laughs) You fabing me, man? (laughs) Brother, you fabing me? Uh, So I was messing with him, and we got onto the conversation about, like, you're, like, paving the way for young wrestlers. Like, Mm -hmm. this means something. Like, I... And we always talked about it because we're like, oh, when you turn 18, we're going to be signed to this, blah, blah, blah. And we always joked that I was going to make it there before him because he's like a little bit younger than me. And I was like, ha, you beat me. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like, it's always like that moment of like, you can see like things are changing in wrestling. Yeah. And it's definitely paving the way for younger wrestlers. And Nick has been one of the ones like pushing that envelope me and Starboy Charlie yeah. and Marcus Mathers. Yep. And there's all of these young wrestlers who are truly like great professional wrestlers, uh, let alone like besides their age. And like seeing that we're still going to be seen and get those opportunities is like 
uh like lifting thing. Like in my head, I'm like, no one's gonna give me a chance till I'm 18. Right. Blah 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 blah. And then I found out like, oh, independent wrestling loves me, <laughs> <laughs> so I can go and like do this. I'm having a great time. Yeah. And it's like, oh. None of these big companies are going to look at me until I turn 18. And then you start hearing things, and you're like, they watch everything. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah, and especially where, like, I mean, you know, even Roxy, like, she's over 18, but not that much over 18. Mm -hmm. She's a world champion and now getting looked at by, you know, WWE and stuff. Like, the, the other thing, like, it's not even just AEW. Like, WWE, like, shifting NXT to being way younger and, like, yes. figuring out, like, programs for college athletes and stuff like that. Like, I think that there's going to be a, a major trickle-down effect with that where they, you know, I mean, I think wrestling's changed. I think medicine in general has changed where, like, you can do things in a healthier way than you could ten, even 10 or 15 years ago. And I think that the idea of having, you know, a young roster is not going to start at 25. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I always think about it, like, we joked about, uh, there's a wrestler named Jody the Wrestler, like, he lives in, like, the Vegas area, and we were talking about, like, how young, like, I truly am, and I was like, oh, when I turn 23, I'm gonna be a 10-year vet, <laughs> and he was, like, just in shock, and he was like, I started when I was 23. I hate you. <laughs> right. And starting at 23 is young. Yes. Or it was. Or it was. <laughs> Until you screwed everything up. <laughs> then all the children showed up and was like, hey, watch this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that is. But I think that's the other thing that people don't take into consideration is like there's such a story around the fact that like you're in high school and your age and stuff. But like years of experience matter. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like you're not just this kid who started wrestling six months ago. Like, you have a good deal of training and experience under your belt. That's why, you know, I think the audience reacts to you. Um, when you realize that you were developing a fan base and the people not only cared, but, like, really liked you and were really into it and were buying T-shirts and buying merch, when you realize, like, there are Billy Starks fans, was that, like, trippy for you? It still is weird to me sometimes because I'm, like... I'm just, like, another person, like, I I always say, like, people put wrestlers on, like, this pedestal. Yeah. And I feel like we get forgotten that we're, like, humans sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so weird. Why do people like me? I don't think I'm doing anything. I'm just having a good time. <laughs> yeah, like, what's it like for you when a grown-ass person comes up to you and, like, clearly is, like, has that sort of, I'm meeting a celebrity nervousness. Because I'm sure it's yes. happened that, you, like, adults have been like, oh, I'm, I'm a big fan. But I think it's, like, I just remember when I was younger and yeah. I would meet wrestlers, like, so I always relate it back to that. Yeah. And I was like, this is crazy because, like, I can always see it in their shoes now versus, mm -hmm. and then when I was in theirs. And I was like, this is weird. Like, I never thought I would experience something like this. And then it's like, why do people like me? I'm not really doing anything. And then to them, I'm like the world and I'm doing this crazy uh, like thing on the weekends. And then I'm also like doing this while still being high school and like living a life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you ever like, okay, like do you, after a weekend, right? Of like mm. really great shows, you're driving home. Are you ever like, oh, I have a test on Monday. 
like, like literally study. this weekend. Oh. Like, 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 I have so many projects and stuff to do. I had to write a topical essay on this Russian short story book, and I was dreading it. I was like, here, I'll knock it out before this weekend. And then my theater teacher was like, hey, we're going to do a theater theaterist freaking project. And I was like, what is this? More? Yeah. Um, and I, like, on, I missed school this Friday because I'm wrestling, of course. Um, and I like told my physics teacher, I was like, can I just knock out the test now? Can I, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do it when I come back. Please just let me go. (laughs) Did they let you knock it out early? Yeah. Wow. I'm very lucky. Do you study like a lot? Like, did you, or do you don't, you don't have to, or? I'm very lucky that school comes easy to me. Like I, I am in IB and AP classes and I like, (laughs) like, oh, it's fine. Uh, like most of the time I am very honest with my teachers. Like I'm not home at all this weekend. Can I get like a day or two extension on this? Cause I'm not like going to be able to do this with the time that you've given me. Yeah. Like if you assign something on a Friday, I'm gone all weekend and you want it that Monday. I'm like, okay, can you give me at least that Monday while I'm home to actually have time and like sit down and do this? Yeah. Um, and I've been very lucky that most of my teachers are very like, yeah, you're having a conversation with me. You obviously want to get this work done and you're talking about your schedule. You're going and doing things. Um, and most of them understand where I'm coming from. And I'm very like, here, let me put on professional face and look nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think too, like, I think most of your teachers probably wanted to do something. Some of them probably mm-hmm. wanted to teach, but they probably, I would hope that most of them see you and go like, this person has figured it out. They're doing what they want to do already. I can't slow that down by being like, no, my class is more important because <laughs> it's not, you know what yeah. I mean? Like your one individual assignment, like, yeah, it's important. But it's not more important that like it's not important enough for you to slow down like doing this thing that is what you actually want to do with your life. Yeah. And I think they're so supportive just because they see that I have this worth ethic. Yeah. But I'm also doing stuff outside of school that truly brings me happiness. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I shouldn't like take away this kid being happy. Like And you're doing it at a high level. Like that matters. Yeah. Like you're not just messing around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're really doing it. <laughs> yes. You're not just like playing wrestler mm-hmm. you're wrestling yeah it's crazy and like i've shown like what i'm doing on the weekends to these teachers and they're like this is like insane you're a little superstar just running around. <laughs> um and like we joke they're like oh yeah when you make it famous one day can i get a can get a ticket or something yeah and i was like oh maybe just <laughs> give me an a for this assignment that i didn't do <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll see we'll see <laughs> so who's in the big starks brand right now i know that the roster feels very huge yes very huge uh we're talking about like how we have almost like a person in like every side of the united states now Mm -hmm. um and we're like oh we have ace perry we have cole radrick we have uh dante and darius martin and then we have uh calvin tankman we have sonico we have nick wade myself of course and alex kane list goes on and on and on and of course jj i like jj is mean mm-hmm. headlocks <laughs> <laughs> well look i don't want to put any undue pressure on you or put you in an awkward situation mm-hmm. but when nick gage was here he did induct me into the murder death kill gang so i'm saying like you know if there was a broadcaster to be in the big starks brand i feel like at some point 
<laughs> you know, an invitation wouldn't be undeserved. Uh, so welcome to the family, but oh, I haven't yes, approved yes. by Mouse yet. Yes. So Mouse has to approve it. I, I am the face of the company. I'm not the corporate. That's right. You're the mellow. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> well, look, I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled for your success. I think it's really cool to watch. Um, uh, I, I, I love that. I feel like we get to be kind of on this journey with you to watch this thing happen. Like there's just so much potential to just keep like you're already here yeah. <laughs> now so like who knows like I, I like like you said i think the whole wrestling industry is just in this amazing sort of place of flux where it's changing and like being redefined and the things we're taking for granted are not necessarily true anymore and just every everything's different and i mean like you know i was talking about it you know with effie when he was here and like going to these gcw shows when you look at that audience and the way that the audience like not only accepts things, but it's not about accept it's about being a fan of things, right? Yes. Like Effie is like one of the biggest heroes in that company. Like you show up in that company, like there was a time when somebody like you would show up in a company like that and they get they get booed. Mm-hmm. Because it's too, you know, it's too nice. Whatever. Like they get <laughs> and like the fact that you come in and the and you're you're good in the ring. So you get Cheered. Accepted, like yeah. people are like yay this is gonna be great i i just think it's uh i think it's awesome mm-hmm. so uh congratulations on everything is is there for people that don't didn't know you before this is there a match or or a segment or something that you would direct people to to be like well now that i've heard this interview i want to know more about this person or mm-hmm. see her do her thing like there's the jcw matches up on youtube and when I made, like, this whole transition, like, I used to be all blue hair, mm-hmm. and I had different style gear, um, and I think, like, the match to define me now would definitely be, like, me versus Matt, uh, Mikowski, I always say his name wrong. I want to, <laughs> I want to make him Mazowski because of Monster Inc. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like that's one of, like, my really, really standout matches, and it's up on YouTube, so it's available to anybody. That's perfect. And where can people follow you? Where can people find out where you're going to be? Where can people get that sweet, sweet mama merch? <laughs> uh, all of my social media is at Billy Starks, B-I-L-L-I-E, because I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> And then Starks ends with a Z. Because um, you're special. Yes, because I'm <laughs> special. Um, and if you want to check out any of like uh, the merchandise I sell, it's all at BigStarksBrand.com. It's linked in my Twitter bio, so hopefully that's easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like pretty much the stuff. That's fantastic. Thank you for making the time. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. I had fun. This was really fun. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.